0: Blob Talk Radio The great city playboys, They're always around To help build your hope up And help drag you down They'll leave you with nothing Worth singing about So now you're in
1: What's up everyone, welcome to Blazing Rye Backstage, checking in with your smoking nephew Blazing Rye. Uh, I am uh, currently waiting on my co-host to arrive, he seems to be a bit late, Um, but I hope everyone's having a good day. Boy, it has been a long week, long week. Tonight on the show, we have singer, actress, uh, just a very talented uh, woman, Lexi Rhodes... Also tonight we have uh the Wizard of Waverly Place Tom Fogarty with his Hot Mess Awards and the whole gang will joke off. But first now that he's arrived I'd like to welcome the shade to my batter in law Mr. Jonathan Kmart Weeks. Mr. Jonathan, how are you sir,
2: man? Good man, how are you doing, man? Hey. What's up? So with this is Now everybody get down. This is all like, I can think. This is our heartbreak. <laughs> um,
1: what's going now, on, Kmart
2: man? What,
1: what'd you call me?
3: Cable man? What's going
1: on, Kmart man? Oh, okay. Uh, so I love
3: that Kmart man. Whatever happened to Things <laughs> Kmart? Things ain't right when Kmart's going down.
1: I feel like Kmart still exists? no?
3: There is, there is. I think there's a couple left. I think uh, I think there was one in uh, Milford for a while. I think that one might be gone, though. Oh, was, yeah.
1: was there one over at the uh, the Post Mall in Milford for a bit?
3: Yes, yeah, that's where it used to be.
1: Oh, geez. Well, I'll tell you <laughs> what. Um, we've entered a very dangerous precedent tonight because Uh, I figured, having ordered my dinner an hour and 20 minutes ago, it would have arrived by now, but now it's going to arrive sometime during the show, and (laughs) (laughs) it could provide for some very awkward moments.
3: And isn't the show all about awkwardness?
1: Yes, and (laughs) you may have to cover me and make it look like I'm still here. So give me your best Ryan Holmes impression right now.
3: Right now? Yeah. Give me oh your best impression. Okay, and here's the shot eight of my This is the old Jonathan Weeks. Hey, Jonathan Weeks, how are you?
1: I tell you, that sounded exactly like Jonathan Weeks.
2: <laughs>
1: um, what have you been? You, gonna gonna right, you know what I'm
2: gonna say.
1: What? What are you gonna say? What?
3: You know what I'm going to say, Ryan? You know what I'm going to say?
1: Now hey, you sound like...
2: Buddy.
1: Now you sound more like Julian. Uh, so, uh, listen, uh, what What have you been up to since the last time we spoke two weeks ago?
3: Oh, man, I don't even know. And, uh, well, uh, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Tomorrow is, oh, the Saturday I'm going to uh, Vermont with uh, Scott Spezio and the boys, and we're going to do our little... Uh, you know, make up bachelor party, <laughs> doing the uh, brewery tours of Vermont. The bad boys of Vermont.
1: You sound drunk already doing the the brewery.
3: Doing the brewery tours. The brewery tours. The brewery tours. Which?
1: What breweries are up there?
3: Uh, good amount. Um So we're gonna try to hit up the first one, that, uh, the brewery called. Phil Farmstead.
2: Uh-huh. Um,
3: it's it's not well-known. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's not a farm, of course. Uh, but it's got probably 20 of the top 250 beers, according to com. I'm driving, so I'm not going to be able to drink that much, so that sucks. But uh, and then I'm going to Burlington, where they have Magic Hatch, uh a brewery called Citadel Head, 45 minutes up north where I used to live for a year and a half in Vermont. Terrible place in Saint Albans was a uh, 14 Star. It's a brewery uh, started by much, by much of a Iraq uh, Iraq War veterans. It's a great brewery. It's one of my favorite brewery. Then we're going to uh, Long Trail, and Vermont's got a couple others too, the Harpoon and uh, Otter Creek. We're not going to be able to make those, so uh, it'll be fun. We're going to Ben Jerry's and cat of cheese and. Uh, you know, make a big day of Saturday and Sunday, just kind of make our way back slowly.
1: And and <laughs> when when do you plan to have fun during that time, or is that not
3: <laughs>
1: that's not part of it?
3: That's a good point, actually. It it's not gonna be a whole lot of fun for me. It's gonna be a lot of work. It's gonna be a lot for of... some
1: reason, I don't know why. It's I mean, it would sound lovely to anyone else, but to me that sounds like torture.
3: No, no, you're. In a lot of ways, you're right. It is kind of like torture because
2: uh,
3: <laughs> you're, you're like in a mad scramble from really one place to another. You're not able to enjoy one place more, more like it, than you want, and uh, it's like a, a very compact amount of time, and you're doing as much as you can. And it is like a mad rush. It's like you know, it's almost like Black Friday shopping, foot <laughs> like brewery and uh, drinking beer.
2: Are you
1: gonna hang outside the brewery with blankets and pillows at like uh, you know overnight?
3: Yeah, that might happen. Cause I think uh, we'll just pass out drugs and go to sleep outside.
1: Didn't you do that for a Jonas Brothers concert once?
3: I did. Yes. How do you know Nick Jonas?
1: <laughs> oh Nick. Okay. Well, that's different. That's okay. Um, but something happened a couple weeks ago. I, I think it was t- two shows ago. I think we briefly touched upon it last week but i just want to play it and get your rea- now what happened was <laughs> i mentioned something about um getting a late night dinner when i lived in <laughs> when i lived in los angeles and uh and and you kind of lost it, and then at some point, as I'm telling the story, I realize how ridiculous what I'm saying is, and then I start losing it, and then Fogarty gets very angry. And so let's just – let's play that, and I want to get your reaction and watch. The okay. food will probably come, you know, during like it did last time. Okay, here we go. I remember when I was in L.A. that Taco Bell had this delicious crunch wrap or something that you could – it was meant to – eat when you drove, so I would, after, like, leaving work at midnight, I would eat this delicious crunch wrap from Taco Bell at, like, 1 a.m. in Burbank, and it
4: was, you know... It was... Uh, what the hell does the crunch have to do with driving? That's what's <laughs> going It
2: was, like, it was, it was put together in a
4: form that was easy to handle while driving. And it's a regular wrap? Does it make that so? It was not a regular wrap. It
1: almost was like kind of a pizza, but wrapped in crunch. Uh, (laughs) And I hear you're still losing it over there.
3: It's preposterous. You know, the way you're talking about it, it's like you're in love with this thing. Secondly, the concept of it is just, preposterous. It probably brings up a valid point. What does the crunch have to do with anything about uh you know driving with a burrito in your hand? Why is that so important to the experience? Uh, it was not a burrito.
1: It was I think they called it a was it a Crunch Wrap Supreme or something? It was something that uh was in like an in octagon shape and... <laughs> wait no, wait, pentagon it was in a pentagon shape, yeah. and uh it it uh that's five sides, right pentagon
3: Fair, yeah, yeah,
1: okay, so it had five it had five sides, it was shaped like a pentagon, and you would uh be able to <laughs> take it you know out of the the cardboard. <laughs> And eat it in that Pentagon, in a in a in a cleaner way than a normal burrito.
3: It just sounds disastrous. <laughs> I, I I really want to get my hands on one of these and just drive around, you know, frantically with one of these things and see if it really works. You know, it's just not, not just drive like a smooth Sunday drive, but really drive around with it. You know, go yeah, 90 you, miles an hour on the highway finding yeah. a snack on it and, you know, get off the highway, going, you know, zooming through your neighborhood. I want to see how this really works. And it's, just, it's uh, really as effective as, you know, as they say it is.
1: You would So you're saying you would drive as you normally drive, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Very
3: correct. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. correct.
1: Yeah. Well, I realized, you know, as I was saying that it sounded a, a bit preposterous. Um <laughs> And uh, I got it. You know, weeks. Uh, this is. Uh, I ordered this food an hour and a half ago, so that we wouldn't run into this issue. And now we have a guest coming on, and the doorbell's going to ring, and then I'm going to have to d- disappear, and you're going to have to cover for me. And frankly, I don't know if I trust you.
3: <laughs> Quite frankly, I don't blame you. Uh, I wouldn't trust myself <laughs> either. Yeah. And I think there's just absolutely the uh, genuine awkwardness of the show. I mean, just- <laughs> Makes this show as, you know, as beautiful as it is. What did yeah. you order anyway? Did you order from the health store again?
1: Yeah, from the health food place, Grills Delight, exactly. Um, so, but I hear I hear that you have a guest for us tonight, John Weeks. Who you got for us?
3: Oh, you? Yeah. <laughs> yes, you?
2: Yes, okay.
3: we have quite a guest tonight. So now it's interesting. Lexi Lawless,
4: you know, the warrior princess! <laughs> <laughs> no! Wow. No! Damn it! No! Again,
1: you messed up the introduction.
2: Oh, oh no. Really? Oh.
1: All right. So, uh, let me, let's me let redo that. <laughs> Our guest tonight just had a great run as the princess in TheaterWorks USA's production of Skippy John Jones Snow What at the Lucille Lortel Theater on Christopher Street in New York City. Please well, you also could have seen her as Xena the Warrior Princess. Please welcome to the program, Lexi Rhodes. Lexi, how are you?
5: Well, I'm so good. How are you?
1: <laughs> Doing okay. Um, you uh are you just finished this show, Skippy John Jones Know What. Uh what what did I just say? What is that show?
5: Dude, what is that show?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
5: well, it's um it's based on some children's books based um, oh, on us. Damn it I'm
1: sorry, Lexi. Here's the food. I'll be right oh back. My God, Keep your telling food's here. the story. And, John go Weeks, you cover for me. I'm going in. All right. Okay, I'm Hi, John. Hi.
5: How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you. We are sorry for that introduction.
3: Brian no, worries. That. no worries. No worries.
5: <laughs> Yeah, but so, um, the Skippy John Jones books are kids' books written by um Judy Shackner, and um they follow a Siamese cat who thinks he's a Chihuahua. And this is um the sequel to the original musical that um Eli Bolin and Kevin Del wrote um a couple years ago. And basically, um Skippy John has to go find this Beautiful doggy princess named Nieve Kay, who I played. Um, translated to English as Snow White, Um oh, And okay. he has to kiss her ice cube to make her wake up. So, yeah, <laughs> pretty cool. <laughs> and how,
3: did that, how long did that run for? And where was that playing area?
5: Um, yeah, it was at the Lortel Theater on Christopher Street in the village. Um, and we ran from July 8th through August. So, just about a month. Um, but I've been with the show since its um, original development back in December. So, she's, Me have a case, sort of been my baby that I've been developing over the past few months. So, it was really cool to have her in a full production. And the creatives were amazing. Um, the show is so smartly written. We got really great reviews. We were in New York Times, break pick, and it was oh, really wow. great. Yes, yeah, fun.
1: I noticed that uh that review in the New York Times. Uh It, it was great. How uh, did how did that? How did that... <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, imagine if you're in the middle of doing West Side Story or something. You're like, oh, the delivery guy's here. You're in the middle of, you know, Maria. Hold on, I gotta get the Domino's guy. How unprofessional was that? I am so sorry. <laughs>
5: it's all good, huh? You gotta eat. You gotta eat. I yeah, get it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. hmm I get
5: it. And it's it's from the health food store too. What did you get? It is. Uh
1: it's it, it, they're baked sweet potato fries, so you know they're not fried, they're baked and uh uh some sort of um bootleg quesadilla thing. Uh,
5: is the is the quesadilla vegan or something?
1: No, there's there's steak in it.
5: That's what I'm talking about, man. You gotta balance it out. So the balance um balance it out.
1: Yes, of course, because without you know everything in moderation, everything in, unless you know you're me and you're drinking, and then you wind up waking up in Coney Island uh, 30 times. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> if uh, so, the New York Times gave you a great review. How how was that? How did that feel? It
5: was cool. It was really cool. I mean, they. They said that I brought on the Latin heat, which made me feel really good. I was like, "Oh, so my accent was that good, yay <laughs> it was it was awesome, man, Like I had such a good run with this show, and now that it's over, I am resting a lot. I mean, we had twelve show weeks sometimes, yeah, um, yeah and the first show was at like ten thirty in the morning, so yeah, it was a lot it was really taxing physically, and it's a really high-energy, like, athletic show, Mm -hmm. so it was basically, like, 60 minutes of cardio every day, twice a day, sometimes three times a day. Yeah.
1: Did you still have to go to the gym, or was that enough cardio that you were like, okay, now I don't have to go to the gym. This is fantastic.
5: Oh, no, I absolutely went to the gym. I was at the gym every morning at 7 (laughs) a.m.
1: Oh, my goodness.
5: Yeah. I mean, just because... You know, singing that early Especially the caliber of music In this show It's, pr- it's pretty tough to sing This is like some high stakes stuff So um, yeah. I I had to Go for a run Or just like be at the gym at 7am Every morning before the shows, Just to make sure If my body's warm Then my voice is going to be warmer So, yeah You do what you got to do But I'm That's taking right. a week off I am sweeping in every day. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that must be it's nice.
5: Yes.
2: So
1: speaking of you singing, let's hear a little bit of that. Um, what is this song, Some
5: Prince? So this is um, after Skippy John has discovered Nia Vakay, and he kisses the ice cube to make it melt. And she comes out, and she sings this big thing about true love. She's finally found her true love and he says that he doesn't want to be her true love, and it's, she's very disappointed. So, yeah, that's just that.
2: <laughs> All
1: right. Well, this is Lexi Rhodes with Some Prince, and we will be right back with Lexi.
0: I've spent years in canine school. I've been groomed for my whole life just to meet my one true love and become his royal wife. A dog inclined To treat me like a flea Some prince You turned out to be <laughs> I've been Freezing off my tail Waiting for my to Ride Like a frozen popsicle Dreaming of A valiant night But you look as poochie got a big romantic smoochie from a prince. What a super pedigree. <laughs> My sister, Cinderella, wished upon an astraya, and poof! Doggy Matrix
1: Heroes. Um Shout out I... to Eli Bolin and Kevin
5: Del Aguila for writing that bad boy.
1: Oh, what what are their names again?
5: Eli Bolin and Kevin Del
1: Aguila. Del Aguila. That's quite the name.
5: Del Aguila. Del Aguila. No, not Dracula.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, Hot Mess. <laughs> that, that's that's later in the show. We do a segment called the Hot Mess Awards later in the show, but good foreshadowing. Um. Nice. <laughs> oh, uh I heard that I heard you say that this is a um a show about a Siamese cat that thinks it's a a, a chihuahua and that reminds yeah. me there, there was an old sketch on uh Late Night with Conan O'Brien when he was on NBC and there it was about a turtle that thought he was a corn muffin and it was one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen have you ever uh, seen that sketch
5: I have not seen that now. <laughs>
1: okay, I'll have I'll to it find it and tweet it at you. It's kind of hard to find, but it's, it's amazing. Um, oh, yeah,
5: please.
1: <laughs> and this show also took, like, a more feminist take on Snow White. Is that right?
5: Totally, yeah. Um, there's actually this big number called Sword Fighter, um, where Skippy John um, tells me of a cave. Well, you could do anything that you want. Why do you just want to be a princess? Why do you just want to find a prince? Mm-hmm. And um so she uh she learns how to sword fight and basically beats him in the sword fight. Uh and yeah, uh, towards the end she says, you know, maybe I don't need a prince. You know, it's yes, female power baby. <laughs> you don't need uh, yeah. no prince.
1: Nope. Nope. <laughs> uh, unless you're talking about the singer. He he should probably stick around. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and you also did the uh, rerun project at The Pit, um, and you would do good reruns of shows and bad reruns live in front of an audience. I want to hear <laughs> what a uh, version of a, a good one was and what a bad one was that you did.
5: <laughs> well, I mean, they weren't the good and bad versions. It
2: mm-hmm.
5: was basically... Uh, so we would take actual transcripts of these, like, iconic episodes of different TV shows from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and Mm -hmm. we would perform them whilst drinking. um, (laughs) Really? Yeah, and take our own little spin on them. Um, Sometimes guys were playing girls, and girls were playing guys. Um, We covered a lot of 80s commercials, like, if you can recall... um, the AIDS commercial, but it was a diet pill called AIDS. Um, oh. Okay. Yeah, things like that. It was awesome. You know, have you ever seen those commercials? Like, you know, I I was so overweight, but then I got AIDS. No. <laughs> you have to look up these 80s commercials. They are unbelievable. It's so inappropriate, <laughs> but like when performed live in front of an audience that has had a couple of drinks, it is unbelievable we had such a good time
2: (laughs) so
1: were were these commercials on before AIDS was like a known thing then
5: yeah I'm I think so I think it was like a couple (laughs) years before like AIDS was an actual thing yeah because it would be so so fucked up if
1: it was after yeah. yeah well that is crazy uh and you went to now you were at were you at Penn State during the the dark times there
5: um, I was, I mean, yes, obviously, while it was like being uncovered and like the press was covering it and stuff, I was not there.
1: Oh,
5: okay. Um, yeah, that was rough. <laughs>
1: Yeah, cuz I I was thinking like I was trying to put myself in in your shoes or someone's shoes who was there at the time and but then I thought about it and there's there's no group of people I'd rather be around than theater people if I'm going to go through something like because they always surround theater people tend to be the most supportive. I went to Syracuse for drama and they always seem, seem to be the most supportive mm-hmm. people. Um but uh but yeah, so 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 that was kind of like a, a dark shadow with cats, but um th- did you have a um Uh, a good time there
5: i had an amazing time at penn state i Mm -hmm. had such a good time um i also i mean i was in the musical theater department and we're a very small community there um there's only um 12 to 15 per class there so i was in my own little community within the huge school which was great um Mm. and we're also best friends to this day um but yeah, I mean, when that whole thing was going on, it was kind of hard to even walk around New York with with a Penn State hat on, you know?
2: Sure, yeah. It
5: was hard, but you know, I still believe blue and white, so hey, rough <laughs> <laughs> and hard.
1: And you had a great education there, and, and you, you I read that you said that you didn't know much about musical theater prior to entering that program, is that right?
5: Correct. Yeah, I was a late bloomer when it comes to the arts. I mean, I was, I think, 16 when I first, um, you know, even auditioned for show choir in my high school. Um, I was sort of a, you know, boy crazy little girl and just like wasn't focused on anything outside of just like, well, I just want to like hang out and go to the movies and see boys. And then I saw a school play um, at the school and uh, it was a little shop of horrors and I grew up in um, like a 98% black community and it was an all black little shop. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to uh-huh. do that. So, you know, the rest is history. I mean, I, I uh, joined show choir and then I got into jazz choir and did a lot of um, acapella group stuff. And then my, um, my instructor Of the show choir actually introduced me to a voice teacher uh, named Robert Edwin. And he was like, What do you want to do with your life? And I was like, I don't know, journalism? Like, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, he was like, Well, I think you could maybe have a shot at this. Like, let's just prep you for some college auditions, see how you do. And if it doesn't work out, then you can go to Rutgers for journalism. I was like, okay. <laughs> so we did, and I mean, I had a great time. I mean, I was totally unprepared. I mean, the first day of classes, I remember my freshman year class, that first class, 1 p.m. movement class, um, everybody got around the piano and started playing um, Seasons of Love from Rent, and I didn't know it. I was like, you... oh, so left out. <laughs> you were <laughs> so probably the out.
1: only one, right?
5: Exactly. I was yeah. the only one who doesn't know Seasons of Love, you know. So, <laughs> um, yeah, but now after after college and all that, I have all that info under my belt, and I'm able to actually be immersed into the community and, like, have the knowledge of it all. So it's been fantastic. It's been fantastic. And
1: where did you grow up? Did you grow up in, in Jersey?
5: I did, yeah, in Willingboro, oh. New Jersey. We're about 20 minutes outside of Philadelphia. Um oh. Yeah, so it's a hoagie, not a sub. Um, we don't pump our own gas. <laughs> oh, um, so annoying! <laughs> That's my yeah. least favorite
1: part about about New Jersey is that I can't just pump my own gas. Um,
5: yeah, oh, I love it. My dad's uh, from New York, so he always hated it too. He would always get out and try to pump his gas, and like they'd be like, No, 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 sir, sir, sir. Like, dad, stop embarrassing me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, now, speaking of people who like to make their own gas, John Weeks, do you have a question over there?
3: <laughs> is very nice. Um, yeah, I, I don't like pumping my own gas. I have to say, I, I like yeah, you know, New Jersey thing. Um, my dad did like it. He's from New York, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit lazy. So, anyway, uh, <laughs> my first question to you is, what is your favorite song to perform live, and why?
5: Oh, that's a good one. My favorite song to perform live? Ooh! Um, (laughs) Probably I Got Love from the musical Pearly. Um, Just because you always have to be on point for that song, and it's always, like, really energizing and exciting, and any crowd loves it.
3: Okay. And uh, what are... What are your other passions besides singing and Broadway?
5: My other passions, let's see. I love animals, so I babysit my sister's dog all the time. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. um, I cosmetology. Um, I almost had my cosmetology license in high school before I wanted oh. to show choir. Um, I love doing hair, and I love doing my hair and makeup, and um, I actually did that a little bit in college, um, doing people's hair for, like, side money. Um, oh, okay. What else? I mean, <laughs> I like to write a little bit, mm-hmm. like, poetry and stuff, but just as an outlet for myself. So, no, I will not read anything to you right now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> what, Lexi, you were on that. Um, you were part of that reality show about Greece. You're the one that I want, and I read. I totally was. Yeah, and I I, re- I remember you know suffering through that premiere episode and thinking, <laughs> oh, I cannot watch any more of this. But I re- I read that you said. I stayed with the grounded people, and we all had a great time. I want to know about the ungrounded people. Can you tell us about any of them? Oh, my
5: gosh. Don't even ask me that. I (laughs) should have said that in that interview. That was (laughs) awful of me to say. That was awful of me to say. Um, No, you know what? In any theater environment, you're going to have, like, um, the people that you connect to who who aren't, you know, the musical theater machines. Is all I was really Tell myself getting so at, times, you know? Why don't you ever
4: learn to keep your big mouth
2: shut? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm I'm sorry. Oh <laughs> Tom, my god! Tom Fogarty's singing to himself. I didn't realize I put him on the air yet. Um,
2: <laughs>
5: <laughs> that was beautiful. That was gorgeous.
2: <laughs> sorry about that. Sorry,
5: Tom. Um, no, but I mean, I had I had the friends that I was close to, and you know, I'm I wasn't taking away from anybody else it was just those people that i was hanging out with but that was a poor choice of words
1: it's interesting that you said that because i was just listening to a podcast earlier today gilbert godfrey's amazing colossal podcast and he had paul williams (laughs) and tracy jackson on and and they were talking about how they're starting a podcast and they have a book out and how paul williams has all these diehard fans and then tracy jackson goes well paul really has these diehard fans and i you i probably shouldn't say this but They're all between 50 and 60 years old and very overweight. And I'm like, well, what are you totally alienating
4: the fans that you could have had? (laughs) You know, why did you say that?
2: Yeah.
5: Wow.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah.
4: you gotta be careful.
5: You gotta be careful (laughs) with what you say, because sometimes you don't even mean it that way at all. So. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: So uh, we're going to play a quick game, and then um, and then uh, we'll get into uh, the Hot Mess Awards and let Lexi go. So, um, John Weeks, what is what do I always say is the most important thing in life? Doing hood rat stuff. Your first. Doing hood rat stuff, right. And when I do hood rat stuff, I uh, enjoy um, just uh, researching a lot because I'm by myself in my room, and that's where I do it. And I research what lyrics to songs actually mean. So... Lexi, I've seen a few videos of you on YouTube singing various tracks, and, and I've learned the proper interpretation. So, we're going to take a quick quiz, and uh, <laughs> you and John Weeks will be my contestants. So, we're going to get into our new game, Lyric Interpretation. Here we go. Oh, all yeah. right. Um, okay. All right. So, Lexi, you do a song uh, by, called Douchebag by uh, <laughs> Kappa, Tides and Gammerman, is that right? Or Tapatitas? Carpitis, yeah. Carpitis and gamma. Oh, it sounds like uh, something you go to the clinic for. In the (laughs) song, she says. uh, In the song, you sing, "What a douchebag! What a cocky fucking douchebag are you? Glad I know that you sell bonds. Does it make you feel like a big man? Is this a a young woman standing up to her fratty date? B Elizabeth Warren taking on the financial industry, or C Donald Trump's campaign slogan? And that's to you, Lexi. Wait, what?
5: What was A? What was A?
1: A young woman standing up to her fratty date.
5: Uh, A. I'm gonna go with A. Sorry, we're going for the same same answer.
1: (laughs) It's C. Donald Trump's campaign slogan so far (laughs) zero zero. John Weeks' next question is to you. In the uh in the same song, Lexi sings Jesus, I screamed, grabbing my knee, and he responded with a wink. Oh shit, let me grab you a drink. Is this A Nancy Kerrigan chatting with Jeff Galouli? B a gentleman apologizing for accidentally hitting his date's knee, or C an evening alone with Bill Cosby. Oh my God. Definitely C. Yeah, it's <laughs> C. Okay, so so far <laughs> yes. Lexing Zero, Don Weeks One. I'm winning. Next I'm okay. song. You sing a song called Play the Music for Me from Jelly's Last Jam, where you sing, Ooh Sugar, play the music for me. Is this A a loving husband flirting with his musician wife? B an old woman telling her grandson to turn up her record player, <laughs> or C what Chris Christie says every day to his two o'clock twenty.
2: <laughs>
5: oh, I mean, I have a feeling that it's not A or B, according to you. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: I'll, I'll take it. Uh, so, one-one, uh, Lexi, and Weeks. And um, this one, to Weeks. All right, Lexi sings... Music and the strutting of a sweet looking man, music in the stroking of a sweet talking hand. Does this line refer to A, a handsome man's swagger when he walks, B, an ode to the importance of music in all aspects of one's life, or C, something you never want to say around Pee Wee Herman? Oh, my God. I'm going to go with C, definitely.
3: C something you don't want to do around Pee Wee.
1: Correct. No, never. <laughs> Two-one weeks. All right. Next
2: one. Uh,
1: maybe we'll skip that one. Uh, let's uh, go to this. Okay, Telexi. In the song Fall Apart by Sarah Feet and Peter Hodgson. Uh-huh.
5: Hod- Is that it? Yeah, yeah.
1: You sing, what if I don't... Sorry, I had a stroke just there. What if, <laughs> <you> sing- <laughs> what if I don't want to let reason take the reins? Is this... A, a young girl giving in to loving a wild man. B, what a 20-something says before going out and partying. Or C, the official slogan of the Republican Party in 2016. Definitely B. B, really?
5: (laughs) According to you, I think it's going to be C.
1: Oh, C. Yes, C.
5: Pop out. (laughs) Okay,
1: so now we're tied. Now we're tied. Um Uh-oh. all right, and let's see, let's see, let's see. All right, here's the last one. And um this may be a bit too soon, but I'm doing it anyway. Lexi, okay. Uh so so this is for the tie break. We're at two two now. Um if I I have no idea how to do this, but I'm just gonna ask the question and one of you answer it. So, Lexi, you <laughs> sing You are making me crazy in this marriage. Is this A, a woman about to pack her bags and leave her husband? B, a husband about to check himself into a mental institution? Or C, what Frank Gifford said Tuesday morning?
2: Oh! Oh, oh.
3: It's too too early, too early. (laughs)
2: Oh,
5: oh, man. I refuse
3: the answer. Yeah, I
5: mean...
1: All
2: right. Obviously.
1: Let's call let's call it a draw. Um uh, so uh uh we gotta go, but Lexi, what do you have uh in the pipeline? Anything coming up you wanna plug?
5: Baby, I am just back on the grind auditioning like crazy again. Somebody hire me. Hey <laughs> and um, you know, just a shout out to my management team, CBU management, uh Susan over there and then Patrick at J C William Agency. You guys are always getting me work, and it's amazing. And I'm having a great time. So.
1: Awesome! Shout out to yeah. Food. Shout out to Patrick, and um, uh, well I we didn't really even scratch the surface. So I hope you come back. We had a great time with you, Lexi.
2: Definitely.
5: I would love to. I had a great time, guys.
1: <laughs> All
3: right, take care. Thank you.
5: Bye, guys.
3: Good Bye. Night. Take care.
1: John, Weeks, do you know what time it is?
3: Oh my God! It's a Hot Mess words with the Wizard.
1: It is, and I think he might want to kill me now.
3: <sighs> oh, i Wizard man, what's going on with, 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 the, with the man With us? With, with the wizard man, the wizard
2: wizard wizard man. Oh, am Stop I on? <laughs> yeah, you are, boy.
4: You, you got that one right, Tommy boy. Oh, am I up?
1: Yeah, where where are you, and what are you doing? Am I up? Yep, you're on, you're brother.
4: Up? I'm just back on the grind. Nice, Tommy boy.
1: Aren't you down? Are you out west or down south or some some place that's not here? I near? am
4: down south, on top of Screamer Mountain, sitting on a porch. And can you hear the fucking tree frogs in the background?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: what are you doing down there?
4: Uh, I'm at the Lillian Smith Center. On retreat for the rest of this week and next, and then I start directing a production at Piedmont College of Lillian Smith's Strange Fruit. Wow! Oh, how
1: cool! How cool! And is this is yeah. the, so is this one going to be done with with Lulu or without Lulu? If it's at no without uh,
2: and this, without no, she doesn't have anything to do with the Strange
4: Fruit. That she's got her own show.
1: Oh, I see. Oh, I see.
4: Yeah. I mean, cool. she did the reading, and it'd be nice if she were down here to be in it. But, nope, it's just the Piedmont College students.
1: Awesome. Sweet. Well, who have you got for us tonight for the Hot Mess Awards?
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, the first one's got to be the EPA for that little accidentally knocking a fucking hole and, you know, ruining the lives of millions of people. Oh. Yeah. Who's hot? This? What happened? I agree. What is it? What happened? You don't know this? No, what happened? Uh, The EPA was like checking around and sort of semi-authorized the uh, opening up of a certain floodgate, but in Mm -hmm. the process accidentally knocked a hole in a waste pit, releasing about 3 million gallons of acidic liquid laden with toxic heavy metals into mm. the river system running throughout Colorado. Ooh. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, so think about that next time you have a Coors. <laughs> Uh Man,
1: I have friends in Colorado. I hope they're okay.
3: Uh. Yeah. <laughs> You're so assuring. It yeah, turned to water Brown, and uh, Trump took advantage of it. it basically said that the EPA should be abolished and it should be all state-run. Oh,
2: wait. That's
1: what happened. Uh, and, and John Weeks <laughs> gave that a standing ovation.
2: I don't do that. I don't
1: do that. <laughs> and who's your second hot mess, sire?
4: <laughs> My second hot mess, I'm not sure if it's Kelly Osborne or Rosie Perez. Uh oh. I think they, they both over fucking reacted. I mean, you know, that's the one thing that I'm sort of with Donald on is like how mm-hmm. fucking PC everything has become. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know it's just it's it's a tad much. I mean, she was making an obnoxious sort of. I mean, she was making a like Gilbert Gottfried kind of joke,
2: Mm -hmm.
4: to which Rosie like had to get on her Latina train and flip the fuck out.
2: Yeah, I
4: I see both sides, but at the same time, it is a joke.
2: Right.
1: You know, you're right, and the uh, and and when you have. Jerry Seinfeld, of all people, saying he won't do colleges because people are too PC there and they right, don't know right. what humor is. Of all people, right. you know, the cleanest comedian you could find, uh, right. it's, you know, yeah, there's there's a big problem. People don't know what racism is. They don't know what sex is. There's no shades of gray. Everything's black and white. It's People have no perspective on anything.
3: That's
1: right. You know, people, come on. <laughs> and who is your... Th- Final hot mess, sire. My
4: final hot mess is fucking bank. Uh-oh. For after me, no. using my card and traveling, at the fifth purchase at a liquor store, they decided to say I was declined because I forgot to check in with them to tell them that I was fucking going out of town. I don't even tell my mother I'm going out of town, but apparently now I have to tell my fucking bank.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> You're going to get yeah. a liquor
2: maze. Yeah, while I'm
4: standing there with a fucking gallon of bourbon in my hand and decline. <laughs> like, fuck you.
1: Did, you. did you wind up getting the uh the bourbon?
4: Yeah, I mean, I do have another card, you bitch. Uh,
1: well, I was wondering if you called. I, I may have called in that instance, Chase.
4: Uh No, I can't call. And after Leslie leaves, I'm on her phone right now. Once she yeah. leaves this weekend, I won't have a phone up here. You remember how that goes.
2: Oh, I have yeah, to find
4: so. like the correct fucking pine tree on the north side of the mountain, to stand in front of and hold the phone up to be able to get anything.
1: That's how uh, Weeks co-hosted for that year in Vermont.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I stood alone at 9 p.m. Yep. every night on a uh, empty and uh, isolated football field. It was very strange. Very strange. Yeah, you
4: know, so you know the feeling.
3: Yeah, you know I know the, the feeling. I know Down you're feeling here, the there
4: will be like. Down here at night, you can drive, like, for 10 minutes and not see another car. And then all of a sudden, there's, like, six cars pulled off the side of the highway. That's because finally they have reception. It's <laughs> just, like, a little cluster, you know, yeah. on a farm of cars, and that's because they all have phone reception
3: finally.
2: <laughs>
3: farm. The thing guys, I don't uh, get about the, uh, the credit cards, it doesn't make sense. Don't they understand that people move around? They're not just in a 10-mile radius of their hometown. It like, make any sense. So not
4: only not only that, what pisses me off is it's the exact same travel and same places I go every yeah. fucking year.
2: <laughs> so
4: wouldn't you think the computer could like go, Oh, he's in Clayton again. I guess it is him. You know, not suddenly just I'm in Bumfuck, North Dakota. <laughs> right. Yeah, call me on that one. Decline <laughs> my ass when I'm there, please. <laughs>
1: I'd welcome a declining in bumfuck North Dakota.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, D- you know, put me out of my misery. Yes, decline it.
1: <laughs> Are you guys lubed up and ready to joke off? Oh, he,
3: no doubt about it. All right, let's do it. Da 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 Cue the strings and the horns. It was very catchy. I'm
4: not so sure I'm going to be able to have a happy ending because these frogs are creeping me out.
2: Yeah, to the bugs down there.
4: The thought of like jacking off on the porch in front of them is just not. Oh, we're joking. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm as high as these Georgia pines.
1: If you were to actually uh, ejaculate on the bugs, uh, it would probably kill them, right?
4: Well, that's why it creeps me out.
2: <laughs> it might
4: mutate. I don't know. <laughs> to begin with, if I could hit them from where I'm at in the fucking tree, I'm in the wrong goddamn
2: business. (laughs) You might might impregnate one of them bugs. I could be the new
4: Ron Jeremy. Yeah, you might impregnate that that
1: bug. Yeah, you're going to get that bug pregnant. (laughs) Right. Um, Right. Washington State wanted fugitive and convicted bank robber Jason Stange was arrested after being spotted acting in a horror movie called Marla May. When arrested, Stage said the real horror of all this is that terrible film.
3: Aww, <laughs> uh. Marla May, Marla Mayman. <laughs> after,
4: 300 after 380
3: <laughs> Americans reported stomach illness, authorities investigated 11 Mexican farms and discovered human feces and toilet paper <laughs> and fields where cilantro was being grown. I knew Mexican food was supposed to give you the shit, not have shit on it. Uh, Gross, bro. (laughs)
4: I'll say. Some of my best friends like cilantro, too.
3: Oh. (laughs) Some of mine
4: hate it. a 52-year-old Louisiana man, Gregory Gavin, was arrested three times in one week for masturbating in his neighbor's driveway. When questioned by the police, the man said.
1: Guys, but I've noticed as I, as I, as after I turned thirty, uh, uh, those those moments are much more intense than they used to be.
3: You, you know, know what? I driveway. agree with that. Yeah. Why? What about you,
1: Fogarty?
4: Uh, well, especially when you're in a driveway, it's a real turn on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: a northeast of I might Wyoming. have to go
4: hit. I might have to go hit the gravel road here after we finish.
1: Yeah. <laughs> A, no- a Northeast Ohio man was... Pre- you might get that gravel pregnant. You better be careful. A Northeast Ohio man was pretending to be a police officer, and the driver he targeted with a bogus traffic stop was a real officer. In his defense, the man said, I thought you knew I wasn't really a police officer because I hadn't killed any unarmed black teenagers.
2: Oh. Uh. Hey, now. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. <laughs>
3: New Mexico women Miranda Baldonado and Sarah Valencia now face drug charges after they did heroin in their vaginas. Now, that's what I call shooing up. <laughs> oh. oh.
4: Sada. That would be Sada Valenciana. Sada. Sada Valenciana. Connecticut man Michael Mee faces <laughs> <laughs> charges. After giving a four year old boy a wet, really, in a business waiting room a last Tuesday. And his defense, Michael said, Jesus, I'm sorry. I thought I was in a church.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Bless me, Father.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Iowa men Christopher Adam Matus and Ken Jerome Duby were arrested yeah. after the remnants of a mess up interview Lab profound inside at Taco Bell in eastern Iowa. What I wonder is it's a mess with the time to consume it while you were driving. <laughs> <Perfect. See>? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
4: Lord. Did, where'd you find me? Did you just, like, search the weirdest fucking names for the week? Yeah, I Newby. your,
2: your own name. It's yeah. <laughs> girls doobie. Christopher, Christopher Adam Matuzzi. And I'm like a doosie. Doosie.
4: Okay. Police say dogs in Altoona, Pennsylvania, were trying to get a box of cupcakes left <laughs> on top of a stove when they knocked off the stove control buttons, thus starting a fire. Hmm. The only thing that usually burns me is pussy. <laughs>
3: you yeah, that one right, Tommy Boy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thomas Gilbert Jr., who killed his hedge fund manager father, allegedly because his dad docked his three thousand dollar a month allowance, has requested yoga in jail. He's since learned the yoga position cock in butt.
5: Mmm
2: downward
3: facing dog.
4: I like <laughs> that one. Uh, yup.
3: That usually comes right after
4: downward-licking Nami. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Hallie
4: lennox Brookman, daughter of Aunt Annie Lennox, was rescued Saturday after her kayak capsized outside Poughkeepsie. Her boyfriend's body was found days later. I guess for this happy couple... No more, I love you.
2: <laughs> oh. Language is leaving me. Oh. No more, I love you. <laughs> Language is leaving me. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. 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 wow.
3: A 71 year old Pittsburgh woman was shot in the leg while knitting Monday. I've always said knitting is fucking dangerous. You can prick yourself. You get shot. Come on now.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: Donald Trump, oh, after being disinvited.
4: Oh, this is awful. This is awful. And I got to throw this in there. I don't know if this is urban legend or not. But okay. I fucking once read about a dude that used a glory hole. And the person on the other side was like sort of like evil and sadistic and Mm -hmm. stuck two knitting needles through it and left, and he couldn't get it back through the hole, because the needles in the cross, yeah. So wrong, oh my God. Yeah, knit one, purl two on that one.
2: Wait a minute.
1: (laughs) So so she stabbed him with the knitting needles, and then his cock blew up, so he couldn't get it through the hole?
4: No. He put the needles in, like in the shape of a cross, ...so
3: that he couldn't pull it back through the hole. Oh! Oh, man. Yeah. Gross. That's wrong. Gross, bro. Yeah.
1: Donald Trump, after being disinvited from Eric Erickson's Red State Gathering, said... ...not only is Eric a total loser... ...he has a history of supporting establishment losers in failed campaigns... ...so it is an honor to be dis- to be uninvited from his event. As punishment for these comments... Trump was given detention and no video games for a week. <laughs> <laughs> eh.
3: yeah. I liked your Trump. It was good. It was, my it was,
1: God. This is my first time. It's it rusty, but I'm that was
3: getting good. it. That was good. I liked it.
1: Thank
4: did, you. Did I sing the ballad yet?
1: <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't think so.
3: Washington-based photography. Washington based photographer Michael we? Dryland. Yes. No, I'm just
2: kidding. Yes. Go ahead.
3: ahead. <laughs> Washington based photographer Michael Dryland. Latest project shows a future where surfers have to wear hazmat suits. Push. I've been doing that to you off the Morris Cove Sea wall for years. I'm fine. Push. <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
2: push. push yeah, I, I push. Thought it was a... push. <laughs> push 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 push. 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 In the push. <laughs> push 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 You know push.
4: I want to get down.
3: <laughs> Pro football hall of famer Frank Gifford died Sunday at age eighty four he was finally put out of his misery.
4: Was he sick?
3: No. <laughs> 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 Wendy
1: Wendy Williams fell off <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> Wendy Williams fell off the stage during her comedy show in Houston Saturday night. Williams was fifty one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Uh,
4: <laughs> oh, sonny boy. Donald Trump <laughs> will appear on Fox and Friends Tuesday morning. Roger Ailes said he and Trump had a blunt but cordial conversation and the air has been cleared, to which Trump said, Yeah, cleared right out of Megan Kelly's vagina. <laughs> <laughs> I tell myself too many times, why don't you ever learn to keep your big mouth shut?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Very nice.
4: That's why it hurts so bad to hear the words to keep on falling from your mouth. Yeah. Falling from your mouth. Falling from your mouth. So tell me why. Why?
2: Why? 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 Why?
4: Beautiful, huh?
1: It was fantastic. Amazing. Thank you. Uh, Pat Robertson this week said he has a feeling of gays. Said tolerant Christians told Robertson the feeling was mutual. ( benchmarks) Boots and pants and boots and pants. Hi, Tom Fogarty. Thank you so much. Thank you for your patience tonight. Thank you, Tom Fogarty. You're
3: back down south now, baby.
4: Don't leave me with just the frogs. It's all right. You got gravel, too.
3: Oh,
4: and I'll just be singing Annie Lennox all night. (laughs) Why? 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 And don't forget to call Chase if you're leaving the state line.
1: (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Even if you don't have Chase, just call Chase, let him know.
4: Yeah. 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 And then tell your mother.
3: Yes. You better go tell your mother.
4: Yes. Good night,
3: sire, my Good night, wizard, man.
1: Um. So weeks. Uh. 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 Uh, I'm fully aware that Gilbert Gottfried comes up far more times than than uh, is healthy, but I was listening to his podcast, and, you know, it wasn't even just me tonight. It was also, I oh, mentioned Gilbert Gottfried. But, um, mm-hmm. so, do you remember the movie Problem Child?
3: Of course I remember Problem Child. That was, like, one of my childhood movies. It scared the hell out of me.
1: It scared <laughs> you. It's odd that it scared you. It was a, it was a funny film.
3: Michael Richards' character in that
2: scared oh, kind of yeah. me. I don't
3: know. I don't know why, but he oh, scared yeah, me. He was like that child abductor kind of guy, and then uh, and, and even the problem child was scary. I mean, he looked like Chucky. Didn't he look like
1: Chucky? <laughs> I, I thought he looked more like Opie, but uh, I guess Chucky too.
3: Um,
1: but it, yeah, I, I I remember being scared by the Bowtie Killer as well. Um, but uh, but then he was then then he was Kramer. Um, and, and right. then he was, and then he got in trouble, but now he's okay again. So, uh, uh, the, the Gilbert, what he did for like, uh, the anniversary of Problem Child, he reached out to the actor who played the Problem Child, his name's Michael Oliver, and, uh, this part of the interview struck me, so I'm just gonna play this for you and get your reaction. This is, um... Uh, you'll you'll hear what this is. Did anyone warn you about him, Michael? Did anybody say, we're going to introduce you to Gilbert Gottfried and give you a little background, or it just, it just sort of threw you to the wolves?
3: No, it was wolves. Okay. <laughs> I,
1: I love that. No, it was wolves.
3: No, it was definitely wolves. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, it was wolves. <laughs> and then um, Gilbert also had, do you remember the show My Two Dads?
3: Oh, that was a great show. I love that show. Now I want to say
1: to you though that before we move off of it, Problem Child was one of my favorite movies growing up.
3: was it really one of your favorite movies?
1: Yeah, it wasn't one of yours.
3: It was. It was a great movie. Uh, yes, I do. And I remember very clearly. It was great. Pa and you know John yep, Ritter was like the Gordon. man. He was.
1: He was,
3: he was always mm. a nice guy. You know.
1: John Ritter. Yep.
3: Yes, yes, and uh, you know, and and yeah, great movie. I, I loved it. It's it was, you know, it was all the badass things the kid the kid could dream of doing, but could never really do in real life.
1: Right, and Problem Child and Problem Child Two both had Michael Oliver in it, but then Problem Child Three was like straight to NBC or something, and it and and Gilbert was the only one. So that's when it was like starring by default, Gilbert. Topps. <laughs> um, but uh. Then uh, Greg uh, Greg Evigan, who played the dad that was not Paul Reiser on My Two Dads. Do you remember him, Greg Evigan, with like
3: the mullet? I remember and the, that guy. The... That guy looked like a little bit of like Richard Marx and Dennis Miller back in the day. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and and like and Melissa Etheridge, the three of them combined.
4: Yes, yeah, yeah said, Melissa Etheridge.
1: <laughs> yeah. So. So, do you remember the theme song to um, My Two Dads and Please Sing It?
3: Um, I don't remember that theme song, but it was like, yeah, My Two Dads, yeah. yeah." No, no, it was was a great song. That's all I remember. It was a very happy song.
1: It was a great song. It was a great show. show. Yes, a great show. And Greg Evigan wrote it and sang it, um, you know, much in the vein of Alan Thicke or whatever. But um, he... Uh, and Gilbert did a duet of it on the podcast, and I want to play that for you now. You can
2: count on me. You can count Depends on me. What you, do. <laughs> you can count on me. You can count no on me. No matter where you go, I'm standing by your side. Wherever you go, I'll be by your side. <laughs> no one loves you
4: more than I do.
2: No one loves you more than I do.
4: Put your hand
3: in my hand.
2: Put your hand in my hand. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Ready, here comes the big chorus. Okay. You can count on me.
2: You can count on me.
3: No matter what you do, you can count on me. No matter
2: what you do, you can count on me. <laughs> oh, We've done it. Oh, We've done
3: it. Oh, this the scariest <laughs> version of my two dads.
1: What did you think about that?
3: I think he not only ruined the uh, the song, but I think he's ruined that show for all time now. Ever since hearing that, that was like that was that was scary. It sounded horrific. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that song being so reassuring and happy and
2: nice, <laughs> When Gilbert
3: Godfrey singing it, I was like. A parrot from hell, is a it's
2: <laughs> And then they
1: did another duet of this uh, show, BJ and the Bear, which I had never heard of, but I'll play that
3: real quick here. Hey, where you going? Not exactly <laughs> going. Hey, where you going? Not exactly
2: going. Too raspy. <laughs>
3: yeah. Oh, my God. What was that, a demon? <laughs> Which
1: one, Gilbert or
2: Greg Evigan?
1: Both of them sound scary in that one. I think, I think both were. I think, but the
3: Greg was definitely the scariest
1: one in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they told him to do it real raspy. I'll play that one more time. Hey, where are you
2: going? Not exactly going. Hey, where are you going? Not exactly going. <laughs> Too raspy. <laughs> You, can't you can you
3: count, count on me.
2: You can count on me.
1: Sorry, Weeks. What were you saying?
3: No, no. problem. Gilbert sounds not too bad in that second version there, but uh, <laughs> oh man, the other guy just sounds dem- demonic. Yeah, you're right about that one,
1: <laughs> Tommy boy. Um,
3: what is uh, what
1: what is your favorite scene in *She's a Man* with Amanda Bang Bang Bang?
3: All right, my favorite scene in *She's the Man* with Amanda Bang Bang has got to be. Well, Amanda Bang plays a great businessman in this movie. And uh, he's just trying to be a good kid in a bad world, and he gets in an argument with his uh, wife. What is that? It's a gun. It's a fucking gun. Where did you get that? Your youngest daughter found it in the bushes right outside her front door. She was playing with it. Look, it's loaded with the safety off. It wasn't some kid looking to take our TV. It was a fucking goon with a loaded gun looking in our window. I'll take care of it. What does that mean when you say you'll take care of it? It's not a brick through a car window or another one of the cute little warnings through the past few years. This is your kid playing with a loaded gun. I know what it is. I'm going to deal with it. Oh, you're better. You're not going to like it when I, uh, what will happen when I get involved. And that's my favorite scene. She's the main man, but your main made of Yes, yes. What, um, what, what,
1: what, what movie, what Colin movie was that from?
3: That was from precious Poland, a most violent year.
1: You know what? Can you yes. Would you do me a favor and do me the honor of doing it one more time while I pay attention?
3: <laughs> sure, sure. Thank All you. All right, here it goes. What is that? It's a gun. It's a fucking gun. Where did you get that? Your youngest daughter found it in the bushes outside your front door. She was playing with it. Look, it's loaded with the safety off. It wasn't some kid looking to take our TV. It was a fucking goon with a loaded gun looking in our window. I'll take care of it. What does that mean when you say you'll take care of it? It's not a brick through a car window or another one of the cute little warnings that we've gone through the past few years. This is your kid playing with a loaded gun. I know what it is. I'm going to deal with it. Oh, you're better. You're not going to like what will happen once I get involved. And that's what I've ever seen when she's the main made of baggers, man for the main of man. Yes, yes. I can't. I yeah. can't get the, uh, you know, the emotion there. Jessica Chastain is is like a monster in that film.
1: Yeah. Um, and um, oh,
3: and how, how, is how she's main well main? how
1: brilliant is Oscar Isaac in that film?
3: Oh, amazing, amazing. He's a great actor. He's a phenomenal actor. Phenomenal. Phenomenal.
1: Actor. Yeah, phenomenal. It, um, what do you think
3: of that film? Though? Kind of. You know, a lot of people don't like it because it's kind of slow.
1: Oh, well fuck them. So here's the here's my thing with the most violent year is when I um wanted to go celebrate my 1 year of being sober. Um I wanted to go with like my bros in New York and go see Top 5 the Chris Rock movie and it wound up being just me and Ross. So, you know, that's the type of friends I'm working with here. And um and so uh prior to Ross getting to the theater, I I was very early. So what I did was I walked into – after I got the ticket to Top 5, I walked into um, A Most Violent Year because it was just starting. But I knew I wasn't going to be able to finish it. So uh, so I go, and I get very engrossed in it. And then, like, halfway through, I got to leave to go to the Chris Rock movie. So I left, and I turned to Ross. I was like, yeah, now I'm, I'm very, like, you know, I'm – I'm uh, I, it's like a cliffhanger driving me crazy. He was like, oh, you, you screwed yourself there. You screwed yourself. And – um and then i never got to finish it in the theater and then i um i always thought about like renting it or whatever when it was uh when it first came out a few weeks ago uh to rent mm-hmm. and then as soon as i saw it on uh prime now the other night i added it to my watch list i watched that mm-hmm. shit and then to make it even crazier <laughs> it's taken me four nights to finish it <laughs> so oh. I, I kept on like Falling asleep at inopportune times, I kept on. You know, I was very late. I was tired, and uh, anyway, finally, I finished it last night. And I, I, I loved the movie. I loved everything about the movie except the very end. What about you?
3: Yeah, the ending was a little weird. It was um, kind of depressing, kind of misplaced, kind of like you know, it didn't leave a whole lot of room there. It wasn't a happy ending because I felt bad for that guy. But I mean, like. It was a happy ending for him as a businessman because, uh, I think it gave him some closure and, uh, he kind of had some leverage against the, um, just showed you how crooked the world was or kind of, it's kind of portrayal now too. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that was a great film.
2: Yeah. yeah. Under
3: uh, intense pressure, how to run a, uh, you know, an honest business and, you know, with all these dishonest elements throughout the city, I think yeah. it was taking place during the seventies and eighties. And, uh, you know, it was a supportive but a crazy wife. You know
1: well, what what a you can see what a shithole the city was during that time with all the yeah. graffiti all over the place on the subway trains and the, you know, they really captured the the grittiness of n New York has really uh, gotten nicer since the seventies and eighties. Um I agree. But uh but yeah, I I loved it for the most part. And I thought the performances were all brilliant. I didn't even realize that Andrew was played by Albert Brooks until I saw it in the credits at the end.
3: Oh, I I I realized it but through the film I realized it 'cause it's a character on like most of his characters, he's very serious, very uh Yeah. You know, he was like a lawyer, like his a confidant almost.
1: Yeah, and he looked old yeah. as yeah. hell.
3: Yeah, he looked very old. Yeah. <laughs> very um, old. Uh and
1: uh yeah um
2: oh
1: so wh- how why did this movie come up on your radar? Did do you have Amazon Prime and it came up on Prime now and you watched it on your tablet uh, or something?
3: Most year I I, uh, I do have Amazon Prime and I think no I got it from uh, Redbox. I'm a Redbox guy, so I oh. use it like every other week. So whatever new comes out, I, get, I usually get. And uh, I heard a lot of chatter about this film, and I watched it. I was kind of blown away, because the movie is slow. There's not a whole lot of action. It's a lot of talking. It's a lot of kind of observing slow events, but I mean it, it does build up a great suspense throughout. I don't know. They do it pretty oh, well. Wow. I don't know how they do it, but I think Jessica Chastain has a lot to do with it. I think she's kind of a uh, you know unstable character. and uh, But yeah, I think it's very realistic. It's a good film. Oh,
1: I loved it. I loved it. Uh, do you a lot get... of
3: movies, a lot of movies, kind of bash business, and I think this movie yeah. kind of showed where you know if you're honest and you try to do the job, it's, it's still a terrible world to do so. But uh, I think uh, you can do it as long as you stick to your guns.
1: Did you know that Oscar Isaac's character is based on Donald Trump?
3: No, it isn't. You're kidding me, right? <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> and uh, do you get a, uh, a a regular DVD or a Blu-ray?
3: Uh, you know, I used to um, get Blu-ray, because I think Blu-ray is better, but uh, yeah. I don't know. I've been going with DVD also. I, I haven't seen a huge difference. It's, I go up with Blu-ray when I uh, get, like, a real sci-fi movie. That's what I usually do. But if, if it's just a regular movie, I get a DVD.
1: But do you have an TV?
3: I do, yes.
1: Okay, all right. Yeah, because then it wouldn't make any sense to do the Blu-ray, because I remember you said in Vermont you had, a, like, an old-ass big box TV.
3: Yeah, yeah so I... I, I I do. I have a really old one. Uh, Remark. And when I go home, I use the home, the movie uh, the TV at home, and that's HD. I, I my oh, my other TV is just crap. Just crap.
1: Gotcha. So um, my favorite scene of she's the man man is she's the main man with a of Man is from the movie. She's the main: Precious, based on the novel pushed by Sapphire: colon, Caddyshack, and it's the character of Carl. And uh, bear in mind, I'm not going to do this justice because I've never seen it. Well, you know what? Craig McDonald, the, my old acting teacher, said never apologize for your work. So I'm not going to apologize. That's so I'm right. I'm going to jump right into it. So I jump ship in Hong Kong and make my way over to Tibet. And I get on as a looper at a course over in the Himalayas. A looper, you know, a caddy. A looper, a jock. So I tell them I'm a pro jock. And who do you think they give me? The Dalai Lama himself. Twelfth son of the Lama. The flowing robes, the grace, bald, striking. So I'm on the first tee with him. I give him the driver. He hauls off and whacks one. Big hitter, Llama. Long, into a 10,000-foot crevice right at the base of his of this glacier. Do you know what the Llama says? Gunga, galunga, galunga, gunga galunga. So we finish the 18th, and he's going to stiff me. And I say, hey, Llama, hey, how about... A little something, you know, for the effort, you know? And he says, oh, uh, there won't be any money, but when you die on your deathbed, you will receive total consciousness. So, I got that going for me, which is nice. License to kill gophers by the government of the United Nations. Man, free to kill gophers at will. To kill. You must know your enemy. And in this case, my enemy is a varmint. And a varmint will never quit. Ever. They're like the Viet Cong. Varmint Kong. So you have to lie back on superior intelligence and superior firepower, and that's all she wrote. And that's my favorite scene. She's my a of Very
3: nice. I love the flow of it. Very nice, constant, consistent. Very good. I love Are you this.
1: talking about your stool?
3: In my stool, yes. In my
1: ejaculate. <laughs> Ew. I don't want to know about the sorry, flow sorry. of your
3: ejaculate. I went there.
1: <laughs> um, I can think of no better way of ending the show than, but well, actually, you know, there was, uh, there was, uh, there was. I can no think of ending the show
2: than by saying, "It ain't so biz,
1: it ain't a biz." Hit the brakes, Florence. And there, um, so Jonathan Demar and his family were good friends with Rip Torn's wife. You know, Rip Torn, the actor, Rip Torn. Oh yeah, Ben Black, uh phenomenal actor. Oh yeah. Mhm, mhm. And they went to see a play that his wife directed in New York one night. And um this is back, you know, Rip Torn was uh, I mean he might still be getting loaded, I don't know, but he was loaded and he was going around at the after party at some restaurant um arm wrestling everyone. And he went around to every single person and arm wrestled them. And he beat every single person, except he got to the 12-year-old Jonathan DeMar. This is many, many years ago, according to DeMar, who who first told me that when he was 19. This was many, many years ago. And, um, and so Rip Torn goes over, and he arm wrestles Jonathan DeMar. Jonathan DeMar beats Rip Torn at arm wrestling. And then Rip oh, Torn gets up, looks up from the table, looks off to the left, and he goes, he goes,
3: Somebody owes me a Martini. <laughs> classic story, classic, amazing yeah. story too.
2: Yes, yes. How a twelve
3: you, year old DeMar be ripped torn? <laughs> I
1: I don't know. I have no idea, but he's he's a strong boy. If, he is.
3: Uh, he, he must be.
1: Yeah. If you have a Barbie doll, what are you gonna do with that thing?
3: take her out of a date, you know, dump her out of the car. You're going to realize you're going to have a good time by yourself. Give yourself a wet willy. Go to your neighbor's driveway and go uh, pleasure yourself.
1: <laughs> nice callbacks <laughs> to everything. Good night, John
2: Weeks. Good night, everybody.